It's Sunday morning, and we are in a study that's kind of led into Easter, and that is about the gospel. Billy Graham did not preach the gospel of Jesus. He did preach Easter, but he didn't preach the gospel because Easter has nothing to do with Jesus. Nothing. There was a resurrection in the ancient world of the gods, particularly of Tammuz. And Tammuz was one of the water gods and sun gods of the ancient world, particularly in Mesopotamia. Mesopotamia is what we call Iraq. Mesopotamia means between the rivers. This is Iraq right here. And you've got the Euphrates River running down here in lower Iraq. Upper Iraq, you've got the Tigris River, and it comes down and meets the Euphrates about 100 miles north of the Persian Gulf. This is where we had that Gulf War of the early 90s, about 1992. Well, this is what was called in the ancient world Babylon. And all idolatry started at Babylon, Genesis 11 and 4 says so. I gave you a paper on Easter. This is a, a paper that I wrote, I don't know, 12, 14, maybe 15 years ago. And this is about what Easter is actually about. And I can't tell you everything about it. But let me show you one place in the Bible that Easter is mentioned. And it's a wrong translation. It shows you that the Catholics had a hold on the translators when they were in the translation room. Go over to Acts 12th chapter. Acts the 12th chapter. This is the only place you'll find the word Easter in the Bible. And it is a wrong translation. How do you know, Jim? I looked it up years ago. I looked it up. 12th chapter of Acts. And here... Verse 1, now about the that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter. Also, then were the days of unleavened bread. Now, <coughs> days of unleavened bread is the Passover. Look over here. Hold your place there. I'm not finished. Look here in in Luke, the 22nd chapter, verse 1. 22nd chapter of Luke, verse 1. And the feast of unleavened bread drew nigh, which is called the Passover. You see that word Passover? It's the word Pascha, P-A-S-C-H-A, P-A-S-C-H-A. That kind of helps us when we get back over here to Acts 12. And he killed James and the brother of John with a sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread or the Passover. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him intending after Easter. That's a wrong translation. That word Easter there, evidently the Roman Catholics had a hand in that. Half the translators of the King James Bible were Roman Catholic. That word Easter there is the word Pascha. It's the word Passover. Easter is not a biblical term. 
till after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Now, with Easter, we have a sunrise service. Let me read to you some of this paper that I wrote back years ago. What is Easter? It is the resurrection of the fertility god or goddess after the day of the carnival of Mardi Gras. has to do with Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras means fat Tuesday, and it was a Tuesday on the calendar. They had a 360-day calendar, so it came at the same time every year. Where did it originate? Easter was the name of the virgin goddess of spring. Where does Easter get its name? From Ashtart, A-S-H-T-A-R-T, or A-S-A-S-T-A-R-T, and that is a derivation of Asherah, A-S-H-E-R-A-H. Asherah is the word in the Hebrew grove, and that was the tree goddess you had in the ancient world you had the fire god, and you had the tree goddess, or his consort, or the fire god's girlfriend. Whenever you had Hercules, you'd have Venus, or if you had one of the male gods, Perseus, or you had Jupiter, they'd always have a consort. A consort was a live-in girlfriend, you could call it that. New life was said to begin at this time of the ancient world. This was a time when trees began to bud, flowers bloomed. After a long and severe winter, the hope of the ancient pagans was that they would survive a a cold, hard winter and that the gods would bless them as they resurrected nature's crops in the spring. Now, I went ahead and said this later in this letter. We always think of Easter clothing. The pagans started this a thousand years before Jesus. They said that at Easter, as the spring came, that they had to, uh, as the trees began to blossom and spring forth, they said, we need Easter clothes, new clothes, since the trees have new clothes, and we have to have our Easter outfits. That's where this Easter thing comes from of buying Easter clothes and Easter bonnets. I said on the second page, I believe it is, that it even bled in our society in the early, well, let me see here, I can't read all of this, over here on page four, in where it says in the third paragraph, when spring brought new buds as nature began to bloom, the pagans felt they must further honor the sun since the trees and flowers had new clothes. They would all come to the sunrise service in the new Easter clothes. This is where we get the new Easter outfits. Even when I was a little boy, my mother would go out when I was five and Clyde was seven and Janice was a year younger, two years younger than me, she was three, she'd buy us new Easter clothes every year as good Methodists, which came out of the Catholic Church. The Easter parade in the 20th century in America was a procession of women in large cities, particularly New York City. They would put on their Easter bonnets or hats with large plumes 
possessing of many bright and vivid colors and parade up and down the main avenue, Fifth Avenue in New York. On Easter Sunday, showing off their new Easter clothes, they were parading their pride. Babylon mothered all idolatry in Revelation 17 and 5 on this doctrine. Let us make us a name. Irving Berlin, he was a Jewish man, songwriter, one of the most famous songwriters in the 1900s. He also wrote uh, White Christmas wrote many other famous songs. Irving Berlin, the famous songwriter of the early 1900s, wrote a song to the custom in the New York City called the Easter Parade, and it went like this. In your Easter bonnet, with all your frills upon it, you'll be the proudest lady in the Easter Parade. You'll be all in clover, and as they look you over, I'll be the proudest man in the Easter Parade on the Avenue, Fifth Avenue. I remember that because that was popular when I was a little boy back in the 1940s. I know all the words to it. All of our pagan customs date back to the sun, fire, and moon tree worship of antiquity. There are God's word. These are God's. Here are God's words concerning the pagan rituals. Therefore shall ye keep mine ordinance that you commit not any one of these abominable customs. He didn't say don't worship their gods there in Leviticus 18.30. Don't keep their customs which were committed before you, and that ye defile not yourselves therein. He says in Daniel 4 and 2, you will not add to my word, and you don't diminish from my word. In Daniel 4 and 2, right after that. I love that Deuteronomy 12 and 32 where the Lord says, when you go into the land to possess the land, Israel, kick all these people out and do not get involved with their their customs. Whatsoever thing I command you, observe to do it. Thou shalt not add thereto, nor diminish from my words. Now, let me show you the first sunrise service. Go over to Ezekiel. Here's the first sunrise service in the Bible. Ezekiel was in Babylon. This is Five, around 597 B.C. This is at least 600 years before Jesus was crucified, at least 600 years B.C., long before he... Uh, look at the 8th chapter of Ezekiel. God scattered Israel all up over the face of the earth because they were involved in this sun and tree worship. Constantine brought that all in the church and renamed it Christ Mass. Christ Mass and Ishtar are the same thing. This is not what Billy Graham preached. He didn't tell people the truth about Easter. And he didn't tell them the truth about the gospel, which is the resurrection. But it's more than Jesus resurrecting. It's Christ resurrecting in us daily. As Galatians, the second chapter tells us, we are crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, Paul said, I live by the face of the Son of God and him that gave himself for me. He said, I am resurrected every daily in Christ. The resurrection is not one time. It is every day in the life of the believer. How do you resurrect and how are you put to death? Paul said, I have to die daily. 
Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. You'll take your cross by telling the truth to people about Christ's Mass, about Ishtar, Easter, Christmas, Halloween, Mardi Gras, Valentine's are all the same thing in different cultures in the ancient world. It doesn't matter whether people believe that or not. That's history. If you want to find out more about it, I didn't learn this online. I've been studying the pagan origins of Christmas for 40 or 50 years. I started wondering about Christmas when I was about 12 years old, living in Fort Worth, Texas in about 1951. And I was wondering, right, I was wondering, is this Christ Mass? There's the Pope. It's Christmas Eve. And he's uh, having a Mass. Is this Christ Mass? You can go to any library, go to any elementary school library, look up, go up, pull up, get one of them little bitty chairs and pull yourself up to a world book encyclopedia. Pull out the C volume, look up Christmas. They'll tell you all about it. Even the little kids in our elementary schools have access to the truth, but they don't go looking up Christmas in their little libraries. Now let's look at the first Easter. Go over here to Ezekiel. And this is the truth. If it wasn't the truth, if what I'm teaching is not the truth, I am a fool. Because if you preach this, there's only a certain few people that's going to believe that. That's the few elect. Now look here in Ezekiel, the 8th chapter. All right. I'm looking at the ninth chapter. All right. Now, here's the first sunrise service. This is approximately five, somewhere between 597 to 594 B.C. Israel was carried away into captivity. They had, they had three deportations because they went after the sun and tree worship for 500 years under kings from, from Saul to Zedekiah, the last king. And before that, they were under judges. Under judges, the first judge was Othniel. He was the nephew of Caleb. And, uh, and then Samuel was the last judge. You had in the, in the judges, you had Jephthah. I like Jephthah. He was the son of a harlot. They kicked him out of Israel. Said, we don't know Harlot leading us in Israel. And then they came to war against the enemy. And somebody said, go get Jephthah. He'll lead us to victory. But they kicked him out. I like Jephthah. <laughs> he came back and did the work of God. It don't matter that he was the son of a harlot. He wasn't a whoremonger. Now, they went after this tree goddess all this time. And when they were scattered, they were scattered in five Northern Israel in 722 B.C., Southern Judah in 586 B.C. And this is talking about Southern Judah. Northern Israel had already been scattered by the Assyrian Empire. Right here, Ezekiel was carried away in the 597. It's believed he was carried away in this one. There was a 600, 600 B.C., Nebuchadnezzar came from over here in Babylon or in Iraq. He, Babylon is down on the bottom part of what we call Iraq. And he came up and he comes down here and he's going to carry southern Judah away into captivity. The final, the final 
captivity of Israel was in 586 B.C. In 586, that was the military coup against Israel. That's where Nebuchadnezzar came in and slaughtered Israel, killed him by the millions, left him laying dead in the streets, carried away everybody into Babylon. Ezekiel is over here in Babylon. Ezekiel is over here. In order to understand, you've got to understand who these prophets are and where they were. Jeremiah was the prophet in Israel for 40 years. He was walking the streets saying, King Nebuchadnezzar is going to come over here and slaughter Israel because you've kept going after these gods. And here's the first sunrise service. You've got to remember, this is 600 years before Jesus was born. It couldn't be. Sunrise services are not Christian. Look here what it's talking about. So he's warning Israel. Ezekiel is, God is appearing to Ezekiel over here in Babylon. And he's showing him a vision of what's going on over here in the temple. And say, here's why I'm scattering Israel. Now let's read here. Talking about the Lord talking to Ezekiel. Verse 12, Then said he unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen what the ancients of the house of Israel do in the dark? When you see dark, he's talking about in their sin. Every man in the chambers of his imagery, for they say, The Lord seeth us not. God don't know what we're doing. He doesn't know I'm in the middle of my sin. That sounds like America, doesn't it? You'll find that when you read all through the Psalms, God doth not know. He doth not care. We're too small in this scheme of things for God to even care about us. That's what Israel was saying. The Lord seeth us not. The Lord hath forsaken the earth. He said also unto me, Turn thee yet again, Ezekiel. Ezekiel, I'm going to show you what they're doing, what Israel's doing. Thou shalt see greater abominations that they do. Then he brought me to the door of the gate of the Lord's house. The door of the gate. The house of the Lord was the temple. It sat in the middle. Well, let me put it over here. It sat right in the middle of Jerusalem on the temple mount. We're not, nobody's going to go take the temple mount because that's where they built the Dome of the Rock, this Muslim edifice to... Allah, the door of the Lord's house, you had the veil here, Ark of the Covenant here, that's where the high priest would come in once a year, take the blood of a goat, go through this veil, here's the candlesticks, here's the altar of incense, and the table of showbread we don't know exactly how it's shaped something like that all these furniture in here was beaten gold then you had not there that's the sea you had the you had the uh, altar the brazen altar outside of the temple was the altar you had Solomon's porch right here I don't know how that was shaped I just drew it there's the brazen sea where the 
priests washed there every morning before they went to offer sacrifice. So somewhere near the door of the house of the Lord, right here, and the temple was enclosed in an area that only the priest could come into. They had gates that would go in there, and no one but the priests could come in here, or the Levites. Levi was the third son of Jacob. Jacob's name was changed to Israel. And the priests would come in here, or the Levites. They're the only people that could come in. So what he sees standing by in front of the gate of the temple is a bunch of priests, sons of Levi. Levi, Jacob's name was changed to Israel. Israel. And he had 12 sons, Reuben, Simeon, Levi. And since Reuben was, had an evil in him, it was the prerogative of the patriarch to give the priesthood and give the king who he wanted to. Judah was his third son, a fourth son. Levi was his third born. And out of Levi would come the priests of Israel. And that's the only people that could be inside this area here was priests. So what he's seeing, he's seeing some men standing here. Look at what he's seeing. He brought me to the door of the gate of the Lord's house, which was toward the north. And behold, there sat women weeping for Tammuz. What in the world are they doing weeping for Tammuz? Because he supposedly died. Women weep for Tammuz. Then said he unto me, Hast thou seen this, O son of man? Turn thee yet again, and thou shalt see greater abomination than these, than the women weeping for Tammuz, one of the sun gods who was resurrected at this time of the year. And he brought me into the inner court of the Lord's house, and behold, at the door of the temple of the Lord, between the porch and the altar, somewhere between this porch of Solomon and right here, he sees 25 men. We're talking about 600 years before Jesus is born. He brought me to the inner court of the Lord's house, and behold, at the door of the temple of the Lord, between the porch and the altar, were about five and 20 men, and they all had to be Levites, priests of God with their backs toward the temple of the Lord. The temple faced east. This is east. This is north, south, west. Their backs toward the temple, they were facing east. And this had to be in the morning by what it says. And their faces toward the east, and they worshipped the sun Toward the east. Is there any wonder that God scattered Israel and destroyed them for 2,600 years and they did not become a nation until May 14th, 1948 and they didn't get the temple back until the Six-Day War, June 5th through June 10th, 1967. That's when they threw the threw everybody out of Jerusalem, took the Jerusalem back, and that has to do with the end of time. 
the Jews shall fall by the edge of the sword. They'll be led away captive in all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the time of the Gentile rule over Jerusalem is fulfilled, Luke 21, 24. Now, let me read a little bit more from my paper on... This is the first sunrise service in the world. And that's 600 years before Jesus is even born. Has nothing to do with Jesus. This is it. Yeah, yeah, let me read the next two. Then said he unto me, Hast thou seen this, O son of man? Is this a light thing to the house of Judah? This is Judah. The temple was in the tribe of Judah. Judah was the name of the southern kingdom, and it was also the name of the of the fourth son of Jacob, where the king would come from. Is this a light thing to the house of Judah that they commit the abomination which they commit here? Ishtar is an abomination to God. For they have filled the land with violence and have returned to provoke me to anger, and lo, they put the branch to the nose. Well, that's a crude statement. They would go out into the woods do number two and wipe their bottom with a branch. God says, this stinks to me like that. That's what Easter does to God. It stinks to his nostrils. Therefore will I also deal in fury. Mine eye shall not spare Israel. Neither will I have pity. Though they cry in mine ears with a loud voice, yes, will I not hear them. Is there any reason God did scatter Israel because of the Christ mass under another name, Bell in the Grove in the ancient world? And America just goes along with all these things. And a lot of the scholars know the truth about Christmas and Easter and Mardi Gras. Billy Graham did not preach the gospel. The gospel is the narrow way. That's what the Bible says. I don't know which way to go. I've got so many things to say here. Let me read a little more from my my paper here. A thousand years before the birth of Jesus, the gods of nature resurrected this time of the year. This goddess Easter, which is in English, it's an old English term for one of their gods, had many names in different cultural societies. Ostara, Ishtar, Estera, the goddess of the east of the Saxons, Ostern in Germany, Ashtart. Ashtart comes from Ashtaroth. Ashtaroth, if it's got an O, it's plural. If it's an E, it's singular. So it's spelled two different ways. And this and the Ashtaroth the Ashtaroth was a generic term for all the tree deities in the ancient world. Ashtaroth would include Ashtar, Ishtar, the grove. It was all the same thing. And Mr. Layard and Layard's Nineveh, along with the McClinic and Strong, if you look up Ashtaroth in McClinic and Strong, it will tell you that Venus, Venus was a tree goddess. And she was always worshipped in the form of a cone. She was not worshipped in the ancient world with arms. 
this Venus de Milo in the Louvre in Paris is a modern version that's missing the arms. Uh, in the ancient world, the McClinican Strong and Mr. Layard says, Layard's native was, Mr. Layard was a, as a scientist and a scholar and a theologian. He researched over there in the Middle East, and he did a bunch of digs over there as an uh, archaeologist, and he says that Venus was worshipped in the form of a cone, where it, you would start at the bottom and would eventually end up in a point. And the tenth chapter of the tenth chapter of Jeremiah says she was always placed on a platform because she was dead and she could not speak. Mr. Layard says they always put a star on the top because they were deified in the stars. I don't know what that looked like to you, but that is a Christmas tree. And if you go to the 23rd chapter of Second Kings, where the Josiah is destroying all the gods that Israel went after, the Bible speaks of him destroying the hangings of the grove. They had hangings that went on the grove, little balls and whatever. They wanted, that's the Christmas tree is what it is. That was the tree goddess. It was the grove in the ancient world. Let me read the rest of this. Not all of it. Uh, Ashtart of the Syrians, which was a Greek form of Asherah, the grove of the Hebrews. When you find grove, and Israel's going after the grove, it's talking about the Asherah, the upright goddess. It means upright because it was a tree goddess. And Ashtoreth, the female deities of the Mediterranean, including Venus, Aphrodite, Diana, Ceres, Sybil, Isis, Mileta, the female mediatrix called the Queen of Heaven. Who is unfamiliar with the Queen of Heaven being the Mary of Roman Catholicism? Israel was indicted in Jeremiah 44 and Jeremiah 7 for worshiping the Queen of Heaven. You are familiar that the Queen of Heaven, the Roman Catholic Church, is the Mary of Roman Catholicism, and she was called the Mediatrix. A Mediatrix is a female mediator. How many mediators do we have according to 1 Timothy? There's one mediator between God and the man, the man Christ Jesus. They pray to Mary in Roman Catholicism in hopes that they will assuage or divert the, the anger of Jesus. Jesus doesn't have an anger. He is our mediator. And he diverts the anger of the Father when he covers us with his blood. It's just outrageous what they teach. I put that in the next... We'll look it over. Go over here to... I know that Gwen's familiar with the Queen of Heaven, having been a Roman Catholic. It is the Mary of Roman Catholicism, isn't it? Go over here to Jeremiah 44. Jeremiah 44. Gosh, I had not trying to get back to Billy Graham today. I don't know if I'm going to get back to him. All right. Jeremiah 44. Jeremiah is walking through the streets of Jerusalem. His whole book is about 
walking through the streets of Jerusalem from around 626 B.C. till 586 B.C. when Nebuchadnezzar comes with his armies and slaughters Israel and levels the temple and levels Jerusalem. And Jeremiah's warning, he, every word he says, he is warning Israel. Jeremiah was not a prophet of conversion. He was a preacher of doom to Israel. The Lord said, Jeremiah, go preach to Israel. You won't have any converts. He told Isaiah the same thing. You'll have no converts. And Isaiah said, but Lord, how long shall I preach this to these people? Not converting. God says, till I empty the cities and the towns and I level the place with my judgment, which will be Nebuchadnezzar. How would you like to have that calling? Isaiah didn't have any converts. He had two friends. He had an Ethiopian eunuch named Ebedmelech. Huh? That's Isaiah. I mean, Jeremiah. Jeremiah had a, he had a, he had an Ethiopian eunuch, Ebedmelech. He had a, he had a man that would write his words down for him. His name was Baruch. He was kind of his stenographer. That was it. All the rest of Israel wanted to kill Jeremiah. We think of Jeremiah as being a wonderful, great man of God. Well, he was. Uh, Jeremiah is one of my heroes of the Bible. I love Jeremiah. I love Nehemiah. They didn't put up with nothing from the people. People say, you're too hard, Jim Brown. You ought to have Nehemiah. If Nehemiah was here, he'd be dragging the preachers out of these pulpits and throw them out the front steps and say, get out of here and don't come back. He just, Nehemiah was, uh, read that 13th chapter of Nehemiah. He was going and grabbing hold of them, pulling their beards out, said, get away from the door and the gate of the Jerusalem. You're coming here on the Sabbath to sell your goods. God did this all to us because you've done this. How? Huh? Yeah. It's crazy. Look here. These are Jeremiah's words. Verse 15. Then all the men which knew that their wives had burned incense to other gods, all the women that stood by, a great multitude, even all the people that dwelt in the land of Egypt in Pathros, answered Jeremiah, saying, You've been preaching to us, Jeremiah. Well, here's what we got to say to you. They're not going to say something nice to Jeremiah. They hated him. They went to Zedekiah and said, Zedekiah, this man is disheartening all the people. Can we kill him? Oh, that wasn't the pagans wanting to kill Jeremiah. That was the Israelites. As for the word that thou hast spoken unto us in the name of the Lord, we will not hearken to you, Jeremiah. Get away from us. You know what it's like to be a preacher and people don't want the word? It hurts. But we will certainly do whatsoever thing goeth forth out of our own mouth to burn incense unto the queen of heaven. When that was brought in the Catholic Church, they just changed the queen of heaven's name to Mary. And to pour out drink offerings unto her as we have done, we and our fathers and our kings and our princes in the cities of Judah, in the streets of Jerusalem, for then had we plenty of food. They're saying the queen of heaven is their fertility god, and that's the reason they have food. Victuals is the word food. 
And God says, if you'll beat it to me, in the 28th chapter of Deuteronomy, I'll fill up your basket, your store, your fields will have plenty. You'll have nothing but healthy children, and you'll go against your enemy one way, and they'll flee seven ways. It don't matter how many there are. But if you're disobedient to me, I'll bring the sword, the famine, the pestilence, and your enemies will come against you one way, and you'll flee seven ways. We had plenty of victuals, and were well and saw no evil. But since we left off to burn incense to the queen of heaven, boy, I like to emphasize that, and to pour out drink offerings unto her, we have wanted all things and have been consumed by the sword and by the famine. But before it's over with, they're going to carry you off into captivity. And when we burned incense to the queen of heaven and poured out drink offerings unto her, did we make cakes to worship her? The word cake is the word kafan. And it means sacrificial wafers. That's where this so-called Eucharist of Roman Catholicism comes from. They raise the Eucharist up, and it's a bloodless sacrifice, and so was this offering to the Queen of Heaven. They raise it up, and they say the words, Hocus corpus fully, and see it turns into the literal body and blood of Jesus. I'm preaching against everything that America's doing today, and it's the same thing that Israel was doing for 500 years under kings, for 300 years under judges, and they kept turning away from God. Most of the kings of Israel, except for three, there were three righteous kings in Israel, David, Hezekiah, Josiah. The rest of them, some of them were half-righteous, like Asa, he got honor in his old age, but he was a good man. Jehoshaphat, I don't understand you, Jehoshaphat. You read, had the word of God read throughout Israel, and then you run around with Ahab, who started the fire worship in northern Israel, and it came down to southern Judah. I, I don't even understand that. Maybe I can find out when I get to heaven. Let me read some more of this. These deities were said to die in winter. The crops die in winter. The Celtic end of the harvest was October 31st. I don't know if I need to put all this up on the board. Easter is not the resurrection of Jesus. It's the, it's the sunrise in the ancient world. And most of the Adoration was placed upon the female deities or the tree goddesses. You got the Christmas tree there in Jeremiah. You got, if it's not a Christmas tree, like Mary says, I'll eat my hat and I don't even have a hat. I'll get one and eat it. If this isn't, look at Jeremiah 10 before we finish reading this. Jeremiah 10. Verse 1, Hear the word which the Lord speaketh unto you, O house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, Learn not the way of the heathen. That word way, direct. 
we get our word direction from that, and it is the same word as the New Testament Greek word hodos. Hodos, you got two ways. Two ways. You got a narrow way and a broad way. A narrow way, narrow is the word thalibo. It is a form of the same word, thalipsis, and it means tribulation, persecution, to be in trials at the hands of evil men as they pursue us, persecution, all that will have got in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, Persecution is the word dioko, D-I-O-K-O, and dioko means to flee evil men as they're trying to persecute us. And Paul said, we must through much tribulation enter the kingdom of God. If you're going to heaven somewhere along the way, you've got to suffer persecution and tribulation. You're not going otherwise. Well, I accepted Christ. No, you did not. You can't accept Christ when you're dead in sin. Somebody will tell me that. I say, no, you didn't. You can't accept Christ. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. They're foolishness to him. Let me finish reading this about the Queen of Heaven. We offer, we make cakes for her. And look down here in verse, huh? Was I? Oh, Jeremiah 10. I forgot that. I got too many things going Learn not the way of the heathen, verse 2, and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them. For the customs of the people are vain. For one cutteth a tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen with the axe, they deck it with silver and with gold. Garlands. They deck it with silver and with gold. And then he says, They deck it with silver and gold. They fasten it with nails and hammers that it move not. It can't move on its own. In India, they worship tree goddesses. Sometimes the Buddhists or the Hindus in India will get an apartment for their tree goddess and go put the apartment the tree goddess in an apartment. I don't know what she does, how she cooks breakfast. I don't know how she uh, goes to work or if she has a job. They actually have apartments or a little area for their tree goddess to live. They're upright as the palm tree, but speak not, they must needs be born because they cannot go. Be not afraid of them. They cannot do evil, neither is in them to do good. For as much as there is none like unto thee, O Lord, thou art great, and thy name is great. Who would not fear thee, O King of nations? For to thee doth it appertain, for as much as among all the wise men of the nations in all their kingdoms, there is none like you, God. But they are altogether brutish and foolish. The stock is a doctrine of vanities. The word stock is the word E-T-S. It's the same word in Genesis, the third chapter, 
second third chapter the tree of the knowledge of good and evil it's the same word as tree that's what the word stocks is and it's brutish brutish ba'ar means it has the understanding of a brute animal that cannot possibly learn it's stupid I keep saying ignorance can be temporary stupid is forever that means you can't hear the hearing air and the seeing eye of the Lord hath made even both of them if you can't hear these words of this truth you're stupid if you're ignorant you will learn but if you're stupid you can never ever learn because you're a vessel of wrath fitted to destruction now go back over here to Jeremiah 44 Look at verse 25. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, saying, Ye and your wives have both spoken with your mouth and fulfilled your hands, saying, We will surely perform our vows that we may vow to burn incense to the Queen of Heaven. Israel is just stubborn. Like America. Not unlike America at all. We don't believe in... I believe in the narrow way. I believe in the resurrection of Christ. There's so many things in here. The deities die in winter. Let me give you a little chart that I usually put on the board that has to do with Easter. When I say these things, I'm not I'm not trying to give anybody a hard time. I'm telling you this is what angered God. We have to be close to the end of time. The preachers in America are millions of miles from the truth. Even the best preachers in America, John MacArthur has disappointed me more than anybody. He knows that Christmas is pagan. I've heard him say so. He knows that baptism is not water. He knows it's blood. I've heard him say that. Why would he keep doing this? He sells lots of books. He's got some crazy ideas. He believes at predestination. He preaches a good predestination message once in a while. But he really just does not understand the Bible overall. Everything in the Old Testament was about God's people. He chose a lineage. It started with Adam, went on down to Seth, his son. This was God's family. Genesis 5. Seth, to Enosh, to Canaan, to Mahalalel, on down to Jared, to Enoch, Methuselah, Lamech, Noah, Shem. Noah's second-born son was Shem, and that's who his covenant was established with. Then he went to Arphaxed, went on down to, all the way down to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob's name was changed to Israel. Jacob had 12 sons that became the nation. And he said, as long as you're obedient to me, I'll give you food, I'll give you... But they went after these fertility gods. But you know why there's a reason for that? The reason they went after their own fertility, I think America's going after its own fertility. I'll make me money. I'll have everything I want. I'll have all the food I want. I'll have all the steaks I want. I'll have the new cars I want. I'll have everything that I want, I desire. That's because you've got to crucify self if you believe in God. 
You've got to be willing to take a stand for the truth. You say, Jim, I'm just not old enough. I'm not learned enough. You don't have to be old and learned to take some kind of a stand. If some, if you're working a job and somebody says, we're having a Christmas party in the back, say, I don't do that anymore. They say, why not? I say, well, I can't explain it to you if you'll give me some time. And say these things to them. Give them to them. It's real difficult learning how to witness when you don't know much. But when you learn two Greek words, use them on the people. And if they say, I don't understand that, say, I'll be back. I'll tell you. I'll give you some answers. All God expects from you is what you can do. He doesn't expect from you what you can't do. He doesn't expect from you what he expects from Jim Brown. I've been studying the Bible for 62 years. Not all good years. A lot of it was seeking myself. But I've spent some time, and God has put me through a lot of fire. And I've got a lot of Bible in my head. I love teaching through the Old Testament and telling you what these kings did and why they did what they did and how God brought judgment on them. Let me read some more of this right here. These resurrection of the in in two was uh, page two. That second paragraph, Easter celebration of the dead and the risen Christ was grafted upon a similar celebration of the dead and risen Adonis. Adonis was said to have been born in a cave near Bethlehem, and he had 12 disciples that followed him, and he was a sun god. I don't know where to even go. Well, let me say this to you right down here. You can get this out of two Babylons. The bottom paragraph, Geisler, a historian, speaking of the Eastern Church in the second century in regard to the Paschal Passover observance says, there is no trace of a yearly festival of a resurrection among them, speaking in reference to the Christians, for this was kept every Sunday. The resurrection Sunday was called Resurrection Sunday, and they commemorated that by meeting together on Sunday. The the Seventh-day Adventists have come up. It was Ellen White that said it was a pope that changed the Sabbath from Saturday to Sunday. No, it wasn't. It's not true. That was her imagination. The church met on the first day of the week, because that's when Jesus rose from the dead. He rose on the first day of the week. Let me show you over here. Look at 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 16. 1 Corinthians 16. Verse 1. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by in store, as God hath prospered him. On the first day, they met on the first day, because Jesus rose from the dead on the first day. Saturday was not transferred to Sunday. That was Ellen White's imagination. Look over here in Acts. Acts, the 20th chapter. I thought Paul went to the synagogue. Paul went to the synagogue to preach to the lying Pharisees. He didn't go there to worship God. They would always kick him out and chase him. 
and threatened to kill him. Look here in Acts, the 20th chapter. Look here at Acts 20 and verse 7. Upon the first day of the week, when the disciples were come together to break bread, Paul preached unto them. Break bread meant to get together and eat a meal together. That was called an agape love feast. Got together on the first day of the week. Paul preached unto them on the first day. The first day of the week is Sunday. And I preach a message on the spiritual Sabbath, which is the word Sabbath means to rest. When we rest in all the things that God are doing, when I preach on Hebrews, the third and the fourth chapter, when you rest in the fact that everything is the will of God, that's when you're involved in the Sabbath. When you learn to believe the whole story of predestination. Let me give you something. Let me give you this. Of course, Israel goes after other gods. And then in the New Testament, God says, I've got a new way. A new way. And that is a new hodos. It is narrow and filled with tribulation. And that is the way to God's heaven. Let me put this on the board one more time. I always put this on the board when I'm teaching on Christmas or Easter. The Jews had their festivals from Nisan to Tishri. Tishri is our month, September, October. Nisan was March, April. On the 14th of Nisan, this was what they called Passover. This is, if you'll notice, this is in the harvest season. You're in, you start harvesting your crops in March, April. The early crops would come in. Then 50 days after Passover was Pentecost. And then you get down here to Tishri. This is the end of the harvest. End of harvest. If God is going to give Israel all the food they need, they're going to have to be obedient to his word. End of harvest. This is how this thing works out. When I say that Christmas, Christmas, Easter, Mardi Gras, Easter, Mardi Gras, and Halloween are all the same They're all the same in different cultures, in different cultures. Here's how it works. Let me erase this right here. Here's how it works. In the ancient world, when you look at the sun, this is all about the earth. Here's the sun. Let's say that's the sun. And the earth on its axis, it, it leans, I believe it's 23 and a half degrees. 
and it's going around the sun. When it gets over here and it's leaning in the northern hemisphere this direction, you're in the depth of winter. When it's over here and it's leaning toward the sun, you're in summer. This would be the harvest time or the growth of the of the crops. I put it on the board this way so you can better understand it. This is where all this comes from. When the the pagans looked at it this way, they thought the sun moving around, they thought we were the ones that were moving, and they thought the sun was moving away somehow away from the earth because the longest days of the year was in was in June, June 21st. This is what was called the winter solstice. Longest days of the year. Let's, let's represent it with a long line. As the sun going through its path headed towards winter, headed towards winter, it goes through the fall, comes out of winter, going back into the spring, and depending on where the earth is. Well, this is the longest days of the year would be in summer here, June 21st. It had to do with the movement of the earth around the sun. Well, when you, when these are the longest days, and as the earth moves and the sun begins to dim and get dimmer, and it goes down to a place called the winter or the fall equinox equinox means equal night that means at this point September 21st if you could pinpoint it exactly there would be 12 hours in the day and 12 hours in the night and then as we move on towards into the winter, heading towards that winter solstice, December the 21st is the winter solstice. As we head towards it, it looks like the sun is getting dimmer. Here in Middle Tennessee, the sun sets about a quarter to five in, in, the, in the dark winter, headed towards the winter solstice, about a quarter to five. In the summer... Here in Middle Tennessee, the sun sets at the summer solstice about a quarter to nine. There's a lot of difference, isn't there? Quarter to five and quarter to nine is four hours difference. So they, the pagans thought in the northern hemisphere, they thought the sun was burning out, especially when we get the winter solstice, December the 21st. So they said, what we've got to do is help the sun they said the sun god in, in Rome was Saturn. That that was the father of the gods in Rome, Saturn. So they said, we need to have a feast of Saturn. We'll call it the Saturnalia. And we'll have a seven-day festival from December. You can get this in any number of hundreds of encyclopedias. 
December the 21st was the winter solstice. And they said we'll have a seven-day festival from December the, the 17th through the 24th. And the 24th, we will, we will build bonfires. And we call those bonfires, they called them Baal fires. Baal was the sun god. Baal fires. And we will start this festival, and it will be a sexual orgy in the streets, doing all kinds of things. Since sexual union has to do with fertility, they incorporated that with... You can look up in the in the Hastings Encyclopedia of Religion, look up the word orgy if you have the encyclopedias. It'll tell you all about it. You know what's wrong with America? They're too lazy to research and study. Preachers are bums. You know what a bum is? He's a guy that's looking for a free ride. They'll pay him two or three hundred thousand a year, pastor some gigantic church, and he'll say flowery things like, God loves you and he wants you to come today. He wants you to accept Christ, and we'll dip you in this water up here. And God loves his people. That's Billy Graham's message. He loves everyone in the world. He wants everyone to come and be saved. He does not. Few will find the narrow way. Many will go into the broad way. It is set. More people are going to hell than are going to heaven. Few are going to find the narrow way. That's the truth. You have to deal with that. You have to get in the narrow way, the tribulation way, somewhere in your life. Well, they said we have to have a birthday for the sun because we want the sun to get bright again. And so they have a birthday for the sun. And in the ancient world, they set that birthday as December the 25th, just after they come through the bad darkness. And that was the birthday of Mithra. And when Constantine brought this into the Roman Catholic Church in 325 A.D., it was one of his popes, Pope Julius I, that gave Christ's message pagan name and set the birthday December the 25th and just simply moved Mithra's birthday over into the church and called it the birthday of Christ. Now, this is the truth. Deal with it or not deal with it. I don't really even care anymore. God's people will deal with it. Do you know that most people know this? Most preachers that have got, most scholars know it, and they won't do a thing about it. You tell them these words, you won't even get through it. They'll say, well, now, 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 now. We believe we could use this season to glorify God. He said, don't you add to my word or take away from it. Therefore, shall you keep my ordinance that you commit not any one of these abominable customs? I am the Lord. Don't do it. For some reason, people think God don't mean what he says. Well, that was for Old Testament days. That is for today. Well, then you come to, this was, Rome was their, Christ's mass was their celebration of their sun god. When you come to the end of the, of the harvest, the Celts had a different way of celebrating this. They said the crops are going to start dying here. And they accused God's little G-O-D-S of killing the crops and taking them down to the underworld. 
They said, when spring comes, these gods will resurrect. They had evil gods, evil gods and good gods. In fact, Caesar in the first century was called a good god. That's what they called Tiberius Caesar. That's what they called Augustus Caesar, a good god, because they distribute the fortunes to the people. You had among the Jews, you had good demons and bad demons. Among the Celts, you had good fairies and bad fairies. Demon means to distribute fortunes. A good fairy would distribute good fortunes. A bad fairy would distribute evil fortunes. A troll was a bad fairy. A troll would hide under a bridge and gobble up your children as they came along. They weren't just little female-looking things that flew around with wings. You had good, good fairies and bad fairies. Among the Arabs, you had good genies. Good genies and bad genies. The word genie comes from gene. That's the Arab... That's our ancestry, is our genetic makeup. And they said they worship their gods. They worship their ancestors in the form of gods. And they deified their ancestors as gods. That's why Paul said these people at Corinth, they offer sacrifices unto Deamadion. And the translators translated that devils. Well, they were offering it to their ancestors is what they were doing. Now, so most of the, all the festivals, the pagans, this is the dark part of the year right here. They start right here, worshiping their gods. They said they died, so they would start offering sacrifices, the Celts, to the dead. That's why we identify Halloween or All, Hallow- All Hallows' Eve as worshiping the dead. That came out of the ancient world. Then when you get down here, you have the Franks had their form of sun worship, and they would it would start. They more or less imitated or emulated the Romans. They had a seven-day festival. Seven-day festival. And in this seven-day festival, it would start on the 14th, excuse me, on the 7th, on the 7th of February every year, 7th of February, 7, and it would go to the 14th of February. And since they had 360 days in their year, it ended up on an even number in this ancient calendars that's the same thing as Jewish calendar they would always end up on a Tuesday and this is the Franks or the French and I think France is a Roman Catholic country isn't it that sure is and they would end on the 14th And they would stuff and glut themselves, have all kinds of sexual perversion through this. And they had a king of this period. They called him King of Mardi Gras. And they had the same thing in the Saturnalia. In the Saturnalia, they would have the 
the head of the Mardi Gras or the master of Mardi Gras and he would have to die at the end of that seven day festival and the king of Mardi Gras would have to die at this end of the festival. Mardi Gras means Fat Tuesday. Fat Tuesday and on Fat Tuesday they would gut and stuff themselves in the form of all sexual perversion the next day the 15th of February they begin to mourn for their God and they mourn for 40 days and the Roman Catholics brought that in and they they called this 15th Ash Wednesday the Catholics and they put the ashes on their forehead and then for 40 days we for Tammuz we talked about that at the beginning of this message Tammuz. Well, the women were weeping for Tammuz in the 8th chapter of Ezekiel, 600 years before Jesus is born, and they're having a sunrise service. How do you know all this? I've studied this stuff till my brain falls out, and I stick it back in. I keep studying. You got the books. We got the information. You want it? I'll give you the books to get in there. I'll tell you what they are. You can chase them down. 40 days The Roman Catholics brought that 40-day weeping for Tammuz that you find in Ezekiel, the 8th chapter. And they brought that in the church and renamed that Lent. And that 40-day festival started on the 15th and they wept until March the 25th. March 25th. And that's called the Day of Annunciation. That was to announce the birth of of a sun god nine months later. Why nine months? That's the pregnancy period of woman, isn't it? And what is the nine months from March the 25th? December the 25th. They announced the sun god would be born there. Well, that's what they call Christ Mass. And at the end of that... That's when Ishtar or Ashtar or Asherah would come and resurrect her son Tammuz from the dead on March the 25th, announcing the birth of the sun god in the ancient world. Is all this true? Yeah. I feel like sometimes I'm just bumping my gums here to America that they are so, so stupid. If they can't learn, they're just stupid. Stupid in the Old Testament, Baha'r means have the understanding of a brute beast that cannot be taught, will not learn. That's the vessels of wrath that are fitted to destruction. That's the majority of the world. So. So. Easter, uh, excuse me, Halloween, All Hallows Eve, brought into the church. It was called S-A-M-H-A-I-N. Looks like Sam Hain. There was a rock group that named themselves Sam Hain. It was named after this right here. 
And then Christ's Mass is the Feast of Saturn, that seven-day festival. And then you've got Mardi Gras. It's all the same. Mardi Gras and Christmas and Easter and Halloween are all the same thing in the ancient world under a different name. And it's all over Israel going after the same system that Israel went after for 500 years. The reason God destroyed them, you know, that's amazing to me. If I say, do you know anything about the bondage of Israel? Oh, yeah, that's when Joseph was sold into bondage. Well, do you know anything that for 400 years? Do you know anything about the captivity of Israel? No, I didn't even know that. Most people do not know that Israel has been captive for 2,600 years till the 1940s, till May 14, 1948. They don't even know that, do they? It's astounding to me. I've spent a lifetime studying this stuff. I know I don't look respectable and I don't have a three-piece suit with a watch fob I won't never wear one you can give me 50 of them and I'll never put one on I'm not going to press the needy in the downtrodden these preachers like their fancy clothes they like their Easter outfits that's what they like they like to stand up there and look like they know what's going on and they don't know nothing how much time do I have Mike huh I was going to, this is not all there is to this. I could stand and talk about it all day and all night. You already saw there in Ezekiel, Ezekiel the 8th chapter. It's a long time for Jesus that they were having a sunrise service. The reason God scattered Israel, he kept warning all the prophets. Tell Israel, I'm going to scatter them if they keep going after these sun gods. How did it get into Israel? First of all, Solomon married 700 wives and 300 concubines. How can a godly man like Solomon do that? He married the Pharaoh's daughter and she brought Isis and Osiris with her and all of her other gods. And all these women he married, they all had sun gods and so he built, he built high places outside the city for his wives and his concubines. He had a thousand wives. So they could have a place to put their tree goddesses outside the city. Solomon, what are you thinking of? That was in the 11th chapter of First Kings. In the 11th chapter of First Kings, and he just finished building the temple that God sent him out to commission to do in the 9th chapter of First Kings. He turns around and marries a thousand women, and most of them are pagan, and they all got sun and tree gods. I don't understand Solomon. I don't understand Jehoshaphat. I don't understand Asa getting on in his old age. They were good men. I don't understand. I don't understand America ignoring these truths. Now, I said that Billy Graham wasn't teaching. He's teaching Easter. That's what he's teaching. He's teaching this God... And all he can say is God loves you and he wants you to walk the aisle and accept Christ. You can't accept Christ when you're dead in sin. The Bible says so. What kind of decision can what kind of spiritual decision can a dead man make? The Bible says there in John five twenty one. 
as the Father quickeneth, raiseth up the dead, and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. Jesus quickens whom he wills to quicken. Quicken means to make alive. You don't make yourself alive by making a decision for Christ when you're dead in sin. Now, I had to kind of, I've got the rest of this paper. You can read it. I got the first sunrise service on page three at the bottom of the page. I've got uh, about the buds coming forth. And I got Leviticus 18. Here's Jeremiah 10. Here's not adding or diminishing from the word of God on the bottom of of page four. Page five, you got the tree God was androgynous. Androgynous is our word, homorphodite. Sometimes it was male, sometimes it was female. The resurrection of Jesus was celebrated every week. I even put down Acts 20 and 7. Uh, Anastasis resurrection means to come to life after dying. Go back over here to first uh, to Second Peter. When you see the resurrection, it has to do with Jesus and us. Because we die daily, don't we? If we die daily, and we do, any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Take, deny, follow are all imperative commands. Jesus is the one that said that. Deny, Luke 9.23 Deny, take, deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Each one of these words in Luke 9.23, they are imperative moods spoken by Jesus himself. And if you belong to him and you're going to heaven one day, you have to deny yourself. If You've got a heavenly father, and he said, you belong to me, and you will do what I say. Have you ever told your kids that? You will do what I say. God says, you will do what I say. I am not asking you to deny self. Op or nail my. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm commanding you to deny utterly. Oppo. A total contradiction of self. I can't do that all of a sudden, Jim. I know that. I know you can't do it all of a sudden. Somewhere along the way, that inner man that's in you, Christ in you, has to start taking hold. And you have to go against your own nation. I want your own nature. I want to do that, but I need this right here. If you'll gain enough weight, you'll learn to do that. Won't you? Oh, you'll never lose weight. I'm not saying everybody has the same uh, amount of weight loss opportunity. I'm just simply saying, if you want to do something, you'll do what it takes to do it. If you want to be godly before God, you'll do what it takes to do that. Take, A-I-R-O, means lift up in the air and follow. I love this word here. Follow A K O U L A T H E O. Akulatheo means to 
be in the same way with. The same way with. That word way is the word hodos. And that is the gospel. It is the resurrection. It is the blood baptism. I brought it out last week. Let me give it to you again because there's another verse I didn't give it to you. It's the blood baptism. Look over here one more time. Look, huh? Where was I going? Second Peter, second chapter first. Okay, let me go over to Second Peter. Yeah, let me let me go to Second Peter first. I get to go in so many directions I can't remember them all. Second Peter, second chapter. Second Peter, second chapter. And you look down here in verse, there were two men that Peter was writing to. Well, not Second Peter. What am I thinking of? There's two men. Now Second Timothy, excuse me. Second Timothy. I just get things going on in my head. Sometimes I get Second Timothy. Peter and Timothy sound alike, don't they? Second Timothy. Timothy was pastoring the church at Ephesus. Ephesus is on the south west corner. Here's Turkey. This was called Asia Minor over here. And Ephesus was right down here on the coast. And that was a pagan city they manufactured temple uh the manufactured uh statue of diana and sold them there and it was a heathen place there were two men that were preaching at at ephesus and they were preachers and they were young guys and they were preaching a lie and it talks about them right here Study to show thyself approved unto God. Study spude with great speed, earnestness, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing. Means to make a straight cut the word of truth, but shun profane and vain babblings, for they will lead into more ungodliness. And their word will eat as doth a canker, a gangros. G A G G R A N I O S. G A G G. R-A-I-N-O-S. That is our word, gangrene. Here's a word that eats like a gangrene right here. It eats like a gangrene. And their word will eat as a canker of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus. These are two young preachers there at Ephesus. And here's what they're saying. Who concerning the truth have erred saying that the resurrection is past already. That's a very evil thing. Past. Genomai. 
That's what's called a perfect verb. And a resurrection, A-N-A-S-T-A-S-I-S. Anastasis is feminine gender. That's not talking about the resurrection of Christ. That's talking about our resurrection daily. The church's resurrection. It's not a one-time thing when you think you got saved. It's not what it is. The church has to die daily and has to resurrect in Christ daily. You cannot separate. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Yet nevertheless I live. It's not me, it's Christ liveth in me. We have to resurrect every day in Christ. Because we die daily, don't we? You got to be in the same way. It's narrow. And it will be a blood baptism, which is the same thing as a daily cross. And people will condemn you to that and throw you on a daily cross. They won't do it literally, not in America, but they will quit talking to you and have anything to do with you. Death doesn't mean annihilation. It means separation. Thanatos. T-H-A-N-A-T-O-S. Thanatos means separation. Hell is a place of separation. The rich man died and in hell... He lifted up his eyes being in torment, saying, Father Abraham, send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. I'm tormented in this flame. Father Abraham said, Son, remember thou in thy lifetime thou receiveth thy good things, and Lazarus evil things. Now he's comforted, and thou art tormented. Besides this, there's a great gulf fixed. Gulf is the word chasma. It has the same meaning as death. It means separation. There is a separation in hell, and it is forever. And the only way you can go to heaven is by being a vessel of mercy which God hath before ordained to glory. And you don't have anything to do with that. If you can't hear what I'm saying, you're wasting your time listening to me. I wouldn't listen to a man say these things that say, you're, you're a vessel of wrath if you never hear the truth and you never want to get in the narrow way. The Bible says that. Only those in the tribulation narrow way are going to heaven. Now, they said the resurrection is past. They said it was one time in the past, and that eats like a gangrene. That's telling people there's no dying daily. There's no daily cross. There's no death to self, denying self, taking up your cross, following Christ, and being in the same way he's in. And the way is narrow. Thalibo, T-H-L-I-B-O, comes from the word thalipsis. Every time you find the word thalipsis in the Bible, every time you find the word tribulation, it is that word thalipsis. We must through much tribulation. I love that verse in Acts 14, 22. We must. It's an imperative. You can't go to heaven without going through tribulation for standing for truth somewhere in your life. Well, I'm a pretty good guy. I get to go to heaven. No, you won't. You stand before, oh, Lord, I, I didn't steal much and cuss much and drink much, but I'm a pretty good guy. So you're going to hell. You're just as evil for being proud of how good you are as Robin Banks. Pride is what all evil was founded on. When they said, let us make up our own name, in Genesis 11 and 4, and the Babylon mothered all idolatry on self. You can be proud and go to heaven. You can be a proud preacher and go to hell. 
one day. So, that's a canker to say a man only has to die one time. Paul said, I die every day. Look over here in Second Corinthians. Fourth chapter. I love this. This is about dying daily. If you die daily, you resurrect daily in Christ, don't you? Do I have any time, Mike? All right. Let's just read this over here. And I'm going to come back to Billy Graham. I had a bunch of things to say on him. The man was a liar. He didn't believe that the beginning of the gospel was preparing the way of the Lord. That's what Mark, the first chapter, says. And the baptism of his repentance is prepare you the prepare you the way. Well, that was preached by Isaiah in Isaiah the fourth chapter. That was also preached by Malachi in the last chapter of Malachi. The way is narrow. Without it, you're not going to heaven when you die. Look here in the fourth chapter of here's our dying daily. If we die daily, we're resurrected daily. <clears throat> this has to be us. Verse verse 8, fourth chapter. We are troubled on every side. By the way, that word trouble is the word philipsis, uh, thalibo. It's the same word as narrow. We're troubled, thalibo, narrowed on every side, yet not distressed, completely cut off from God. We are perplexed, aporio, no way out, but not in despair, my. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Does this sound like your life? Always bearing about in our bodies the dying of the Lord Jesus. We have to die daily. That the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Christ has to come alive in these mortal bodies that we live in. That's the resurrection. For we which live are always delivered unto death every day for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. That's not the change. You've got to change and become a new creature. You have to be somebody that you are not interested in or you haven't been interested in. If you're never interested in becoming a new creation, God hasn't dealt with you, and he, if he never does deal with you, then you're a vessel of wrath, and you're wasting your time listening to me. I wouldn't listen to a man tell me that I was a vessel of wrath going out to hell if I never was interested in the truth. I didn't say that. Jesus said that. If you're never interested, he has a stir of the interest in you, you will be going to hell. Well, I'm just not interested in hearing that. I want to play right now. Well, then go play. Then go to hell, okay? Oh, I can handle that. I had a guy tell me the story one day. Oh, I can handle hell. I said, you can. You mean a million degrees? You Why don't you go over here in the South Pacific and get up to a, a volcano and jump in and see if you like that first. See how that feels. Oh, I can handle it. Yeah. That's because you're fixing to leave here and go out here and party somewhere. You can handle it in your party state of mind. People think when they get to hell, there are going to be bars there and movies and naked women. No, there's not. It's going to be dark. 
It's going to be the, did you know the hottest heat is dark heat? You know what I picture hell? I picture it as boiling lava where it's dark. And you're not going to be shaking hands. Hi there, John, how you doing? <laughs> not going to be meeting people in hell. You're going to feel alone. And it is forever and ever and ever and ever. I don't want to go there. But I don't serve God to keep as a fire escape from hell. I serve God because I love the Lord. I love His Word. And the more I study it, the more I love it. That's the way it is. I really want to get back to Billy Graham and why he didn't preach the gospel. I gave you a paper. And it says, The well way is the narrow way. When John tells guys, I would that you prosper, prosper is the word euhodos, it means well way. And I, the word hodos is number 3598. This is every time the word hodos is mentioned in the Bible, uh, in the New Testament, every time. And I mark some special places where the writer of Acts would say, if he found any of that way, they would be persecuted. That way is a reference to the narrow way. And all through here you'll see the right way, their own ways, the way of salvation. The way of salvation is the hodos of salvation. And the hodos is narrow. It's full of tribulation. I'm going to come back and go through this next week. I'm out of time. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for truth and for your word. I pray you'll cause this to register on people's hearts. It's the truth you've given to us over the years. I pray that you'll give me strength to continue. Lord, if it's your will, give me strength to get back on Sunday nights and Wednesday nights. Lord, these these clots are your idea, not mine. Thank you for everything you do, including sickness and all that keeps us humble and in our way. Lead us to your elect. Fight all our battles for us in Christ's name. Amen. Now we'll come back to Billy Graham next week. Hey, Rich. How you doing? What's going on? Yeah, you get along. Just working too much. Huh? Just working too much. Are you? Well, that's what life's about. Gotta drive to work till you die. Gotta drive to Memphis.